What it do, what it do. It's the Wizards Junkies podcast on the Sports Pulse Network. I am your host, Brooks. I got Marcel with me today. Marcel, say what's up to the people, bro. What's going on, folks? Good evening, Brooks. Yes, sir. It is definitely a good evening. It's a good evening when you see a John Wall video surface of him working out, looking looking young and spry, looking springy. What did you think of that video, man? Man, I um any any wall hype video, any off season hype video from Wall is is always a good thing. Um, I will say that, you know, I think that he does this every summer. <laughs> yeah, and especially especially when he's when he's coming off injury and he gets everybody hype. And um, you know, he always has a good season, but you know, we ended up we end up ending the season in in some sort of fashion, falling short of expectations. So I just I challenge him to, you know, if he's got to alter his game because of that Achilles, you know, to do it in in a way that is going to help the team. Um, I hope that he understands the change of pace now and he may have to play a little slower, which I definitely think he's done better over the last few years because, you know, when he came in, he was just zero to 100 all the time which was exciting to watch, but it didn't lead to any wins. Right. Um, hopefully he's developing that jump shot. His shot still kind of looks a little shaky to me, like he's uncomfortable shooting it. Um, but I understand he's not a shooter, so he's not going to have that perfect-looking form. But um, I disagree, I, man. Really? Yeah, I disagree. I looked at the video, and I saw it, look, it looked a little more fluid. You yeah. know, before, it seemed like it was kind of like a – like a two-part jumper, you know what I mean? People are always saying, "Oh, we want want it to be like one one fluid motion, like someone like a like a Steph or a Clay." And it looked right. like it was a little more of just like a a fluid shot. It looked like it was more natural for him. And I'm I'm a little excited. I mean, like I said, he looked a little bouncy. Um, of course, you're not gonna be when you're 30 years old and you're coming off a significant injury like this one. You're not gonna be as 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 athletic as you were before, but you know he looked as about as good as you you could expect him to. Um, and you know what, you're right about the fact that he tends to post up these videos and get people excited. It's like watching the Derrick Rose return videos or the RG three videos when he was doing his comeback campaign. You know you have to wait for the results and you have to see like what the talk is about or what the walk like see him doing the walk for the walk and all that. So I'm excited to see it. I mean, I'm not going to be too pessimistic, but yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. I feel you. I feel you, man. I just I hope that um, it's it's not another empty season where he's coming in putting up numbers and and the team doesn't go anywhere. Because um, I think this this really this really is a this really is an important year for the franchise. I mean, Scott Brooks is in his last contract. I mean, you're 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 too. All stars are. I'm called Bill an all star, even though he didn't make the team last year. But should have. Um, <laughs> um, they're under contract for the for for a while, but you know they're always well. At least Bill is always in in trade talk. His name's floating around because every every team needs a Brad Bill. Yeah. Um, we got to resign Bertans. Hopefully that happens, and hopefully they don't overpay too much. But this is a really important year. Um. And, you know, if uh, Tommy Shepard is not the one that gave Wall that contract, 
So it'll be interesting to see if he wants to go in another direction after this season. Um, and, you know, he'd, trying to figure out how he would do that. But nothing's impossible. So I'm, I'm hoping that Wall puts his best foot forward and doesn't injure it again this season. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm excited too, man. I, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm itching to see the boys back on the court. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the, the bubble ball was not – the team we're used to seeing um that was rough that was really yeah. rough. it was it was so rough it was so rough but i can't wait to see wall and bill back on the court they, they definitely gotta they gotta build a new dynamic there yeah before we move on to the next subject i've, I've been saying it uh since we started with the junkies podcast i think they have at least two seasons you know this next coming season to figure out just where they are and then the next one will be like all right if this works out, it works out. If not, it doesn't. And they're going to get rid of John Wall or Bradley Bill. Or they might end up getting rid of both and completely rebuilding. Um, you know, and it sucks to, say, sucks to see or sucks to think that that could happen just because of how many great memories they brought to this franchise and this team, uh, just how much they mean to the community. You know, with John Wall having his, uh, his financial in- initiatives for, for underprivileged um, families, Bradley Bill going to Ron Brown and giving those those students like the laptops and all that, you know they're a very big part of the community and it will suck to see them go, but at the same time you gotta get some results. These next two yeah. seasons are definitely make or break. I agree, man. If I can just add one thing real quick, um, so you're talking about two years. I mean, that would be a heck of a um, tenure. Um, you would talk. You're talking about. Wall being here for 12 years at that point and Brad for 10. I don't wow. know what other teams have a starting backcourt for that long and nothing to show for it. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I didn't even think about it like that. That's, yeah, you, you can't make up too many excuses for that at that point. Sheesh. <laughs> right. Dang. Let's, give a, let's, let's, let's get on to some better, to some better news on that point. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Donovan. He got hired by Chicago, uh, just the other day. The elite eight teams, the you know the eight teams that did not make it to the bubble, they started their training camps, their little mini camps this week. Um, how important is that to you? And yeah, we'll just we'll just go with that question. That's very important. Um, it's it's only fair, right? Uh, those eight teams that didn't make it, they they're able to do something organized. Um. If if I were one of those teams, I would I would be chomping at the bit to be able to do something organized, um, you know, because if you if you try to without the NBA's, you know, sanction on on whatever event you would try to do, then you would certainly be breaking some rule, um, which, in, you know, in the times like this is like, well, we had no choice. We've been off since March um, doing nothing, um, doing Zoom calls with each other or, or whatever. Um, I think it's extremely important. Um, hopefully those teams are able to um, and a lot of those, I think a few of those teams, um, especially Donovan and um, um, I guess it's just the Bulls, right? That are, that have the new coach. Yeah. I think only the Bulls, the Knicks have Tom, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Now, you know, they're right, right. with some great coaches coming into their programs. Yeah. So they, they definitely need, uh, they need the most time together. Um, and even if 
So, you know, what's funny, the, the teams that would technically be in limbo right now are the ones that were eliminated from the bubble. Um, you know, they they were here for a couple months or if you were like the Wizards, you were in the Suns, um, you know, you had a short stay. But then what what are you what are you able to do now? You're not one of those eight teams that can do these workouts, um, but you're also still not playing organized ball because you're no longer in the playoffs. So it's just it's it's an, it's interesting. Um, maybe maybe the NBA will allow them to do something a little bit later down the road. I don't know. But for, for for sure, those eight teams, they they need it. I mean, they were at home for a reason. So, yeah, yeah, you definitely need some time to to, tra- or to transfer to improve and, you know, get some things going on team wise. I'm just excited to see a little bit of a like whatever team highlights they have or workout highlights they have. You know, I don't think they're going to have any videographers in each of these uh, practice facilities, but to see some like Trey, Trey Young. Uh, Steph Curry, um, who else? Uh, Zach Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't know how you feel about Zach Levine, but I think he could possibly lead this team a little bit higher than what they've been able to do the past couple seasons. Maybe not get the eighth seed, but definitely compete for the eighth seed. I mean, what what do you think of that? That that might be a tough one, but I think they have a good roster. I I don't think I don't think Levine is one of those that could do it by himself. But I think that they have they have a they have a good young cast there. Um, I know they got Kobe White. They got um uh, I can't remember the Lori Markinen. Markinen, yeah, yeah, Lori Markinen. Um, they got um man, showed you how much I watched the Bulls. <laughs> Right. Um, I can see the faces and I know who I'm talking about, but I can't remember the names. But they have I think they have a very young squad that I think the Billy Donovan hire was good for them. You know, he he not too long ago was coaching college. So he he. You know, he's got the experience coaching those young guys, like the recent experience. Um, so he 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 very well could be a, a good fit for them and. You know, he might be the one to take Le- uh, Zach Levine to the next level, and and you might be right. It it could possibly be a playoff year for them, but if not, then then I would say definitely by next year, next season. Yeah, I I could you know I think it all depends on what happens with Kobe, and if Laurie can make um what's it now his his fourth year in the league, third year in the league, if he can so. rebound. Say what say it again. I think it's his third year, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his sophomore season was a little bit of a slump. So if he can improve on his third year, I think it can help. I think, you know, Kobe improves a little bit. Excuse me. He'll be good. Um, And before I move on, I want to ask you about this. There have been some people saying that D'Antoni should go to Philly with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Me personally, I don't think the way D'Antoni likes to play basketball and get up and down, put put up a lot of three-point shots, that would work well. I don't know why. Anybody would say that, but <laughs> I hear what your thoughts are on that. Well, essentially, if D'Antoni's trying to bring that same system from Houston anywhere else, I don't see it working in Philly. I agree with you. Um, one through five needs to shoot threes, and they need to shoot them in a decent clip. You got a major problem with your starting point guard in Philly uh, shooting threes. Um, they keep saying, oh, he's going to shoot him this year. He's going to shoot him this year. Um, and he doesn't. <laughs> Um, 
And then even the rest of the, I'm just going to take the starting five, for example, they don't shoot, they don't shoot it well enough. I mean, you got, you got MB who can stretch a little bit, but he's not, he's not um, really reliable. Um, I think Josh Richardson is a starter. Um, got Tobias Harris there too. Tobias Harris. Yeah. I mean, none of those guys are really reliable. I mean, could D'Antoni be the one to come in and, and really force that down their throat to where they really have to practice and get better? I suppose that's a possibility, but I'm with you. I don't I don't see that being a good fit at all. Yeah. If I see him going anywhere, I would rather see him go to like OKC or Indiana. I don't know if, if him and CP3 have any type of beef, but, you know, I think a reunion with CP3 or getting with the Pacers team could could help a whole a lot, especially when you could possibly see TJ Warren come back to his bubble self, put up like 40, 50 point games. I mean, that would be that'd be great for him. And and Vic Oladipo too, or the Matha guy, local guy from around from the from the DMV. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um I think I, I think I saw that they they're potentially looking at trading Chris Paul, but I know they don't have a head coach right now. So maybe the maybe they get the coach before they before they do anything and then you know that that coach will decide. But um I mean we'll see what happens with that for sure. But that that's a good point about D'Antoni and, and Paul having having beef. Yeah, I'm not sure if they actually did or not, but you know, they him and James Harden had their had their little issues. So you never know how that extended up to like the coaching staff and GMs and owners and all that. But anyway, Last night, or today is Thursday, so I guess Tuesday. um, Lakers and the Nuggets, they battled it out once again. They could have been up 2-1, but they're down. They could Nuggets could have been up 2-1 if they didn't get that that game buzzer, game-winning buzzer from AD against them. But now they're they're down 2-1. Jamal Murray puts up 28 points. He's a supernova, as always. What are your predictions for tonight? Uh, I it's a tough one, man. Um, Nuggets are such a good team, man. Oh my goodness. Um, like you said, they should be up two one. Um, a buzzer beater is what it took to take them down. Yeah. Uh, a buzzer, a buzzer beater three from your your seven footer. Um, they're such a good team, man. Um, I still, I still have Lakers in six though. Um. I think even if Lakers go up three one tonight, and and they got to worry about that. I, yeah, I don't think <laughs> the the Lakers aren't aren't the Jazz and they're not the Clippers. I I don't see, I don't see um, I don't see Denver coming back from three one on the Lakers, uh, or even pushing a game seven for that. Um, wow. I I still got Lakers in six. I think um, the Lakers have probably gotten the best of what the Nuggets can can do, and. This is probably where that ex- that championship experience comes from, and their roster is really loaded with it. I mean, Bron obviously, Rondo, Danny Green, um, uh, hey. Dwight back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, you know they 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 got some experience, so I think I think we're gonna see a Lakers win tonight, and then I think they 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 close it out in um. Well. Yeah. I think they win tonight, but I still, I still think they close it out in six. Um, but whichever way it goes, um, I'm I'm having fun watching this series. It's Denver is 
Denver, is, I like them, man. If if I didn't already have a team, I would be seriously looking their way to become a fan because I, I like the way that team is built. I like their roster. I like their coaching. Um, they're they're really fun to watch. Yeah, man. I mean, Jamal Murray once again, supernova, man. Like that guy has no fear in his heart. That guy is playing with just like everything in his bag. He's doing whatever he wants to do. I mean, he had that game winning what was it eight oh a game winning eight oh run to close out the Lakers. Yeah. You know, this guy like he said he's been saying in the commercials I've been seeing because don't tell anybody guys, but I, I I'm streaming the finals or streaming the playoffs. I I don't have I don't have cable. So I have to, you know, finesse it a little bit. But yeah. um, commercials they've always been talking about uh when Jamal Murray was go- when they were coming back against the Jazz, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not folding my clothes. I don't want to go home." And he's, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been six and zero in these in these elimination games, man. I mean, like you said, he's been a lot of fun. Jokic, he's like the most awkward superstar ever. I don't think there's <laughs> anybody, I don't think anybody's ever going to be able to match just that wonky style he plays with. Because man, it's it's not aesthetically pleasing, but it works out for sure. For sure. Joker is, like you say, he's a superstar, man. Um, I was thinking about that shot, that um, that that little one-footer fadeaway he hit over AD. Yeah. Um, he traveled. <laughs> Did he? I didn't even notice. Man, I rewatched it so many times to make sure I wasn't crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm really picky on that because right. some, someone, a, a lesser player, a lesser known player would have gotten called for that. Yeah. Um, but hey, he doesn't yeah, he don't call travels, man. Yeah. He he his his left foot was his pivot foot. And when he jumped, he jumped off his right foot. So he had to pick up his left foot first in order to do that. If you go back and watch it, you'll see. It's it's real, it's real clean. He did it real smooth. So you really, you know, if you weren't really looking at it at that time, you you probably wouldn't have caught it. But then again, the referees are trained to catch stuff like that. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say he traveled, but but anyway, the shot was ridiculous. I, I had to stand up and put my hands on my head in, in disbelief. You shooting it over another seven footer with a crazy wingspan and AD um, from from damn near the three point line, a fadeaway. You didn't even look at the basket until the very last split second, and it goes in all net like you planned on doing that the whole time. Ridiculous. What other what other seven footer? What other unathletic seven footer <laughs> that? Can hit a shot like that and just make it look like, yeah, I meant to do that. Ridiculous. I'll say this too. too. Uh, Just two points, two quick points. For Joker, like, I mean, this guy is the best all maybe, yeah, I'll say like best all around offensive center in the game. I mean, he's he's like a turnstile on defense. That guy cannot guard water. But, (laughs) I mean, just to, to watch him play, like, he's just the best passer as a center. The guy can make the most awkward shots ever. I mean, he's got the whole package, and then you put them together with another Robin and Jamal Murray. Like this guy, he's he's one bad MF. I mean, and I love watching him play. I I hope they can make it to six games, seven games, in, like my wildest dreams. But I, I I agree. I think I think I think I'm gonna keep it consistent here. I think Lakers in six. Um, but one thing I'm I'm the second point I have to say is this. I was saying. Before this bubble even started, I think I've been saying it since the the season even um began. I didn't think that the Lakers had a closer or a guy to go to that can hit a Kyrie Irving game seven game winning shot to win a game. You know, people. 
I like LeBron James. I'm a LeBron James fan personally, but I don't think he's the type of guy that you want to take those last shots because he's not. He doesn't have that necessarily necessary uh, killer instinct. He's a killer in every other way, but he's not going to take that that big jump shot at the end of the game. AD proved me completely wrong when he ended up taking that that bounce pass from Rajon Rondo, puts it up over Nikola Jokic, while Mason Plumlee makes like the biggest brain fart ever. <laughs> I mean, that was just a great thing to see. I hope that AD continues to prove me wrong because they need him to be a great closer for that Lakers team to triumph over the Denver and then triumph over Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree with you, though, about not having that closer. I mean, can you imagine Can you imagine having being down one or two and you have no timeouts and you can't advance the ball? You need somebody to and, and, and your opponent's playing like full court or something, full court defense. And you and you got like five, six seconds left. You need you need somebody to take it to court for you um, and take it the length of the court or at least get to uh you know, in range of a decent shot and put it up. I mean, I think that those are things that really only guards can do. Um, I think uh, I've seen Westbrook do it. I've seen Steph do it. Uh, for some reason, this back in the day, I've seen Devin Harris put up a crazy shot to do it and do it. Um, but I, I, you're right, though. I, I, I That wouldn't be something AD would be doing. I mean, first of all, he wouldn't be trying to get the inbound he would be down the court already yeah he would yeah so but i'm with you though like they don't have like that smaller shifty guard like a Kyrie, somebody who who could potentially inbound that ball zoom past everyone and get within range to put up a decent looking shot they don't have anybody like that i mean it's it's not rondo it's not if anybody it's alex caruso because he's probably the 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 best handling guard they have, but he's not really a shooter. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. Like uh, 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 an inbound play, like what we saw the other night with, with AD, um, that's perfect for their type of team. So I feel like they're, they probably, they always give themselves a good chance um, with trying to execute that last play if they're already advanced over half court. But if it's, if it's full court, I don't see anybody on their roster who's going to be able to do that. Let me ask you this, man, because you just mentioned Alex Caruso, the bald mamba. What do you think of him, man? Because, like, you go on Twitter and you go on Bleacher Report, and they love this guy. They they have workout videos of him. They're always just – they're such big fans of him. What do you think of him? Do you think he's, like, a championship-level caliber player for the Lakers? Let's be real, man. This dude is way overhyped. <laughs> He's <Dang>. way overrated. <laughs> he reminds me of Matthew Delavadova. Ooh, <laughs> but I mean, Delavadova had that that fantastic run um, that one year when Kyrie was hurt. Um, so I don't mean that in like a bad way, but sure. he's that he's he's that guard that he's going to play hard on defense. He's going to do some of the – he's going to handle the ball sometimes, but he's really there to uh, – I mean, he's really there to to be – I'm not going to say a spot filler because that's disrespectful, but, yeah, I mean, for real, I mean, you're not looking for him. You're not making any plays for him. You're not, you're not looking for him to 
knockdown shots or something like that. He's just kind of like, okay, if if someone's double or triple team, I'll be open and I'll and I'll take a shot. I mean, I'm and I'm a professional, so I'll probably make it. Maybe I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think I think he's 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 but he's still young, so he's got time to develop. Uh, but I think he's I think he's he's pretty overhyped, man. When I first heard his name, I heard I I heard the hype before I actually watched him play, and I'm like, who is this guy? Right? He, they they calling him the 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 what Mamba? And then I watch him play. I'm like, oh, hold on, dude doesn't even start. He Okay, he's he's okay. He's just like a probably the seventh seventh man off the bench at that point. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing why y'all hyping him up, but okay. But any, but you know, a lot of it comes from the dude got bounce. Um, yeah. A lot of it comes from that. <laughs> so um, I understand that point. Like you know, he if he gets an open floor, he'll he'll put on a show. Or he may even he may even throw it down on somebody's head. You'll never know. Like he's got that sneaky bounce. Yeah, I mean that's what he did. I think it was, I want to say it was game, game three or game two. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I don't want to bash the guy completely. He's he's very scrappy. Like he'll he'll get it done on the defensive end. He'll get steals. He can make a couple of like of high level shot or not high level shots, but high um. Uh, high intensity shots, like you know, he got that corner three from LeBron James. I think it was game one. Like the guy, the guy can can contribute pretty well to a team, but again, the bald Mamba. I don't think he's gonna be as big of a a difference maker as a Kyle Kuzma or like a Dwight Howard in this series. I mean, I'll I'll admit it's fun seeing or it's funny seeing just how much the pipe is around him, but I'm not gonna say he's like. He's as great as the Red Mamba, right? Brian Scalabrini, the guy that, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, in 30 years, I'm going to tell my family that I won that finals MVP in 20. I'm going to tell them I won. I was a starter, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's that guy, but he's definitely yeah. become a cool classic in the NBA. He's he's a good role player, man. Let's I mean, let's just call it, call it what it is. He, he's yeah. a good role player, but he definitely has some room to improve. But Scrappy is probably the best way to define him, but Scrappiness gets you get you playing time in the playoffs for real. It it always does, man. When you have a really great definable skill like shooting, being a being a defensive stopper, being scrappy, yeah, you're gonna get on the floor. Uh, yeah. Speaking of scrappy, speaking of hard nosed players, Miami Heat, they're up three one against the Celtics. Eric Spoelstra is coaching circles around Brad Stevens. I want to get your prediction for Game Five or yeah, Game Five. And then is Brad Stevens is Brad Stevens running out of time as being like that wonder boy as the NBA coaching as an NBA coach? So here's my take, man. I think I originally predicted Celtics in six or seven. Um, but I also mentioned last pod how wrong I've been. Um, and I'm gonna embrace that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's out the woods yet, but it's highly unlikely. Um I can't believe they lost the last game. Um, I mean, they had to lead until, you know, I don't know. Was it the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter? Um, and then just Miami just stepped on their neck and just came back from however much they were down. And you talking like, about last game? game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, Miami, he were, like, consistently up by one, one or two points. And then they ended up having, I think it was a 12-point lead in the third quarter. Boston fought back. They even were up nine points, 90 seconds to go. 
Okay. Or Boston made it like a, a three-point game, I believe. So I'm definitely confusing that game with it may have been um it may have been the game before that then. Um <laughs> but one of them games that I felt like Boston should have should have definitely had uh yeah. on top of the one that they already won. Um uh you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to um Jalen Brown being available <laughs> via trade or Marcus Smart or somebody like that. Somebody the Wizards could use. <laughs> I would say get rid of Marcus Smart before Jalen Brown. I I honestly, I if I were them, I would I would get rid of Jalen Brown first. I, Marcus Smart is I think is is much more valuable, and plus you kind of already got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I feel like J, I feel like the two of them, while they they it looks good most of the time, they could be they 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 kind of not that they mirror each other. It is clearly Tatum is clearly like better, but. They're essentially kind of, sort of, maybe in certain ways the same player, and you're starting them next to each other. I mean, I don't know. And Jalen Brown's been there for a little while. I just don't see how you how you get rid of Smart over him when Smart is probably your your unsung, unsung hero a lot of times. Um, I think I think Jalen Brown needs. I think Marcus Smart has hit a ceiling. I think Jalen Brown needs more room to grow. Um, so for him personally, I think that he could be better suited somewhere else where where maybe he'll get more touches or something like that. I think I think Tatum's emergence is hurting Jalen Brown's growth. Um, so if I were them, I would I would I would I would ship him out before Marcus. Smart. I would never get rid of Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart would retire Celtic if I were Ainge, but. I, I, I there are a couple players off that roster that I would I would love to try and try and scoop up if I were, um, you know, uh, Tommy Shepard or, or 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 even anybody for that matter. So I'm I'm kind of it sounds bad, but I'm kind of happy to see them be losing and um, they're beefing and stuff like that. And I, I I'm certainly one that believes that where there's smoke, there's fire. So they talk about. Um, how they were arguing and cussing at each other and throwing stuff after. Yeah, I think those two specifically. Huh? Those two specifically. Right, exactly. Um, and then everybody trying to play it now. Oh, it was nothing, blah, blah, blah. No, nah, it was something. Something's there. Um, so, you know, I would look for before next, before the trade deadline next season, um, maybe even well before that, somebody's going to get moved out of that. Uh, maybe a few people. Um, if they don't beat Miami, which is not looking like they will, uh, Miami's so good. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Eric Spoelstra is—he's coaching circles around Brad Stevens. I mean, this guy is able to put in fresh legs whenever he wants to because Brown and Tatum—I think they lead the Eastern Conference Finals players in minutes played. I think they have—they played over four hundred minutes, four hundred minutes by themselves, maybe four hundred thirty. 440 something like that they're 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 worn out they're definitely wearing themselves out um and i mean they're able to solve the zone in game three when they won that game mm-hmm. but i mean otherwise like the miami the miami heat are just like they're stingy they're doing whatever the heck they want to you see tyler hero that dude's a 20 year old six-man rookie puts up 37 points and he's yeah. just like the most swagged out dude on the court he's a freaking bucket i mean who would have thought that this guy would have been such a huge factor for these guys i mean 
the Miami Heat are just like a great story. But before I move on, I, I want to say this. In defense of Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown just had a career year. I think he scored. He's a 20-point scorer for the Celtics. He's been a great defender. I mean, he's had some really great shining moments. He had the last shot against the the, the Heat in, in a game, game two or the last game. Um, cause he hit two threes to bring him back to like really close deficits and yeah. so bouncing that, that last shot off. And I think game two, I want to say, so the guy is a huge contributor. I think he offensively, I think he brings a little bit more than a Marcus smart does, but I get your point that Marcus smart is like a, a bulldog. He is, he like personifies Celtics. He personifies being like that hard nosed guy that the Boston likes. Um, and Marcus Smart, like these, at least this series, he's been taking shots that's not in his bag. Like, you remember Patrick Ewing? He was criticizing, I think it was like Marcus Derrickson for hit for taking like a turnaround, turnaround one legged jump shot. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to say the same thing to Marcus Smart. Why are you pulling up at the top of the key when that's not your style? Like, go to put your head down, go to the rim, draw a foul, go to the go to the free throw line. That's not your game, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, this guy, he, he brings so much to the Celtics being a, a a really solid, like, bulldog, two guard. You can take that pressure off of Kemba Walker being, um, taking, like, a tough assignments. But, yeah, I mean, and the, and the guy is, is feisty. I like watching him play. But if I had to let go of either one of them, I'm getting rid of Marcus Smart. I think I'd have a little more faith in Jalen Brown being able to make meaningful uh, meaningful plays in the playoffs, meaningful plays down the stretch of a season. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, man. Um, and everything you said about uh, Smart is true. Um, I just I can't shake the feeling that he would uh, Jalen Brown would benefit personally um, being somewhere else. I I, I just I, he's not he's not going to get that shine um, because uh, Tatum's there. Um, but good for them, good for the coaching, good for the roster that they've been able to make the two of them work out the way that they have because yeah. um, they have been really good together. Um, and and Jalen Brown certainly doesn't seem like uh, Tatum's presence bothers him. Um, but that's just that's just how I feel personally. Um, if you put him on a team like. I don't know, I don't want to just drop him in one of those eight teams that didn't make the bubble, but I mean, you put him on. Shoot. Put them on the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. Put them on the Wizards. We we could use that. Um, Rui's clearly not starter quality, and I think he's going to end up starting at the three when it's all said and done. He's not starter quality yet. He'll get there, but Jalen Brown immediately gives you more uh, production at the three. Um, and if we got a solid four, step up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown would really shine. Uh, on the on the Wizards, especially next to John and Brad, and however they end up shaking out the uh, the front court, but that's just my opinion, man. I, I certainly I certainly hear where you're coming from too. Um, I think the 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 um, the fan base would probably be more upset if Smart was traded over Jalen Brown, though. I, I think I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, if anybody would pull off that trade between Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown, they'd be Danny Ainge. I mean, that guy has no problem trading anybody. He traded away Isaiah Isaiah uh, Isaiah Thomas after 
a hip injury and seeing him, you know, do what he did in those playoff series against the cat or against the Wizards and the Cavs, you know, that guy has no trouble hurting anybody. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for them both. I think another thing about Jalen Brown is the fact he just signed that huge contract. So it may not be as easy to trade him as as some people would think too. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I think it was like a hundred over a hundred million dollars. You know, everybody's signing these big huge deals, but mm-hmm. we're gonna have to see, man. I mean it depends on who, who you def, who you define as more uh more uh important, more more valuable. But we'll see, man. Uh before I let you go, you have any other uh, closing thoughts on the Witcher Junkies podcast? Um I don't know, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. My my closing thoughts are probably generally going to be pointed towards the draft until we get there. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how things shake out um, with not just us, but with all the teams. Um, it's going to be really weird to see the Warriors in the lottery. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like you get if you're the Warriors, you have one down year. One one complete polar opposite year of what you've been having the last five, six years. And that lands you a number two pick, I think they are. And everybody's about to come back healthy next year. And you're going to have the number two pick. If you hit a home run on your number two pick, even if you don't, you're just based on everybody else coming back, you're probably right back in the top three in the Western Conference. And then you just got this number two pick. If I were them, I'd trade it. But that's just me. They, they, have, they have that team. Um, they could probably go another few years um really pushing for a championship with Steph and Clay coming back as long as they're both healthy. I'm more I'm more concerned about Clay, obviously because of his injury, but um but man, that's crazy how that shaked out. But yeah, closing thoughts, man. Just looking forward towards the draft. Um hopefully we can do something. Not too excited about having the ninth pick again. Um but we'll see we'll see what happens. At least we have two picks this year and like we did last year. Um, so we'll we'll see how it all works out. In Shep, we trust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, thank you once again for coming on to the show. Once again, Richard Chunky's podcast on the Sports Pulse Network. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Wear your masks. Have fun watching this game four between the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's see what's going on with this Elite A teams. Let's see what's going on with the coaching carousel. Alex Caruso, is he the bald mamba? I mean, it's it's a lot to think about, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We are out. Bang. <laughs>